All right. This week on Vitality Radio, I am so excited to have a guest with me who I met about a month ago at a uh, conference called the Your Health Freedom uh, Symposium. Uh, if you're listening to my show on a regular basis, you've heard me discuss that conference uh, many times and had the organizers uh, on the show talking about it. And the reason for that is because amazing people gather at Your Health Freedom events. And I was fortunate enough to be able to meet my next guest. Her name is Tracy Slepsevic. I believe I got that right. She is the author of a brand new book. There is one way you can get it right now. There will be all kinds of ways you can get it in the coming months. But that book is called Warrior Mom, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism. Tracy, that is a big title uh, with a lot of promise behind us, behind it, and I can't wait to dig into it. But first, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am by trade an integrative health coach. Uh, I went to school for complementary and alternative medicine. I am a United States Air Force veteran, and I decided to become an author when I saw that they were fast tracking a COVID vaccine. And my concern was because I have a vaccine injured child was for, you know, all the other, it, just people in general and the community in general. But um, for the most part, I, I work on health plans and for any individual, I, I work mostly with kids on the spectrum and picky eaters, but uh, it's, it's definitely a rewarding career. Awesome. How long have you been doing the uh, alternative health uh, coaching thing? So that I've done for about five years now. Okay. And, but I've been studying alternative medicine since my son was diagnosed uh, with autism. And that was how long ago? That was 2009. Okay. So 13 years ago. And so your book is coming out. Uh, well, I guess there's author's copies available. These are autographed copies. These are, this is the one you want. And uh, they can get uh, anybody interested in the book can get that at uh, warriormom.org. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then the uh, book uh, comes out as an ebook uh, on over 1,800 different sites, uh, January 17th. And uh, you're running a really cool special at just 99 cents in January 17th through through uh, mid-February. Is that accurate? Yes. So uh, we want, uh, th those of you listening, if you're interested in what you're hearing and uh, you start, uh, you know, by the end of this interview, you think, oh my gosh, I've got to read this book, which I think you will probably uh, feel at the end of this interview, then uh, that is a great opportunity to get that book. It will do two things. One is you'll get it for 99 cents, which is really cool. Uh, the other thing is you'll get it a few months in advance of when the uh, the actual paper copy of the book comes out in April. And the other thing is you can help Tracy hit uh, some bestsellers list, which will help uh, the notoriety of the book and help more people get exposed to the book. And, and this is the type of book that I think we need because my feeling on it, and I will tell you, I haven't read it 
I haven't read a single word of the book outside of the title, uh, so I'm going to be learning along with you what is in the book. But the, like I said, the promise of just a mother's journey in healing her son with autism, I think this is a book that needs to be out there. So uh, you listening can certainly help that cause. So let's talk about not how the book came about. You said that you were motivated to write the book because of what was going on during the dreaded COVID and the fast-track vaccine. But uh, you, as a mother, uh, have a very personal story behind this book. Let's start with uh, with that and, and what happened with your son. I do. So when Noah was a year old, I took him in for his well baby visit. Now at this time, Noah was fully functioning. He had his baby words. He crawled on time. He walked on time. He was He was doing really well. He met all of those milestones. And I took him in he got his one year vaccines, his MMR and his Versella vaccines. And within 24 hours, his body broke out in a full body rash and he had a fever for about five days. And I did call the pediatrician many a times, very frantic, not knowing what was going on. And her normal response, which was quite often, was this is normal and he'll be fine. And, you know, no worries about the vaccines. This is just a, you know, a common reaction. So from there- Can I stop you really quick? I want you to continue, but I want to ask you this question because I think it's really important. Um, Did you feel like that was a legitimate answer or was your mom radar going off in different ways? Remembering back- I, I trusted my pediatrician, obviously, because I continued to vaccinate my son, uh, not knowing any better. Unfortunately, over the next two and a half years or so, as I saw him make a huge regression, he lost his speech, he lost his motor skills, um, he lost some cognitive ability, and was just in pain all the time. You could tell like his stomach was always hurting. He didn't sleep well at night, you know, self-injurious behavior, odd behaviors, um, a lot of spinning and a lot of abnormal play as they, as they describe it, you know, um, as most kids play with their cars, you know, just back and forth, he would flip it over and just play with the wheels round and round and round or he'd stare at a fan, go round and round. And I just, I didn't know any better because if you'd asked me back then, my idea of autism was Dustin Hoffman's character in The Rain Man. And I didn't see my son that way. He wasn't that severe. And there are various forms of severity when it comes to autism. And they lack educating as parents on what's going on because during that time, I asked my pediatrician twice, you know, what is wrong with my child? And then when he was three, I asked the big question. I said, is it possible that my child could have autism? Now that's not an easy question for a parent to ask. And as she's looking at him, he's playing with her stethoscope and he's spinning it around and around and around and around. And she's like, no, Kids with autism don't do pretend play, which is completely inaccurate. And 
totally dismissed what was going on and said, he's just fine. He needs speech. So how, how old was he at this point? He was three. Okay. Yep. And so your, your feeling at three years old was something's not quite right. Is that kind of what was going on in your head? Definitely. By three, I knew something was wrong. My oldest sister had come to visit me and she has no filters and she doesn't hold back. <laughs> yeah. So, you get, everybody needs someone like that in their life. I know. Yes and no. So she just looked at me and she's like, can you just take into consideration maybe your kids got autism? And I took it to heart. I didn't, I, I wasn't in denial by what she was saying. I just wanted a professional to tell me or direct me in that in that way. So when soon after was when I had his three-year visit and when I asked that question. And then I dismissed it once she said, no, he's fine. He just needs speech. So that was kind so of- So then to make sure I'm clear on this, uh, basically at, at one year old, he got uh, had a very significant reaction to his shots, uh, five-day rash and, and all the things you described. But at, was there any kind of regression obvious at one year old, or did that take longer before you started to notice that? So within a couple months, he completely started to regress. Um, he started to lose his speech. His baby words went from mama and dada to ma and da until he didn't say anything. And then uh, his motor skills started to decline. So a kid could, who could jump on two feet or he could climb. We used to call him our monkey. He would climb all over everything. Just um, lacked motor skills. He couldn't do it anymore. And I did ask my pediatrician, why is my son regressing? And again, I got the same answer. This is normal. He's a boy. Boys develop later. You know, they regress and then they progress. It's, it's just a common thing. There's, there's nothing normal and there's nothing common about it. Okay. So, but as far as you knew, she was the expert and she knew better than you. So at that point you were essentially following her lead. Is that safe to say? I was, I was, you know, doing what she had asked me to do. I had reached out to speech therapists and unfortunately at this time, same time that my son um, was going through all this, we were going through some financial hardships as well. My husband, who fights against insurance companies for a living, had exposed the insurance companies and the insurance commissioner for the state of California for fraud and collusion on smoke and ash claims because they weren't disclosing the dangers of smoke and ash and they weren't paying out claims. So my husband exposed it on the news. And soon after, he found himself on the front page of the LA Times in a smear campaign. And his company that he had for 20 years uh, was done. It tanked his company and we ended up, our home went into foreclosure. We lost everything. So when parents come to me and they say, well, all these treatments and therapies, well, they cost money. And you're right, they do. But I will tell you this, we had nothing, but I had hope because um, a very dear friend of mine who's a naturopathic doctor 
on the day that Noah was diagnosed with autism, I went back to the office. His office was adjacent to ours. And I saw him in the hallway and he reached out and gave me a hug and said, you know, what, what's going on? And I said, well, Noah was diagnosed with autism. And he said, Noah is going to be fine. I want you to go home and I want you to do your research because kids with autism are making great strides with functional medicine. And I literally, that was my turning point in my life not just in that particular road that I could have been, woe is me, my child has autism, or I could have sucked the tears back up into my eyes and got to work, which is what I did. Um, I had a mother who, who was very tough and was like, if you fall down, get back up. And I never understood it at the time, but I definitely understand it now because if I didn't have that programming, um, I might've taken a different direction and played the victim, but I did not. So back then you could Google healing autism and you could get so many resources and information and everything. And I just, so I went home, I read books, I went to conferences, I did Google searches. You know, they say so many of us parents and there's thousands of us. It's not just me. It's not only my story that I tell. But there's so many of us that could have a PhD in healing our child because we've gone the distance. We just throw everything at our kids but the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've met a lot of moms over the years that are fighting the same battle with their child. And it's it's can be a very frustrating battle. There's a lot of uh, roadblocks and stop signs and things like that along the way that you have to uh, figure out how to navigate. But it's it, I can't. I can't put myself in that position. Uh, thankfully, none of my kids have been afflicted with something like that or, or had an injury of that type. But uh, I've seen it so often uh, in people that matter to me and seen the toll that it can take um, on a family uh, when you have a child that uh, struggles in the way that autism uh, creates those struggles. So I, I can certainly understand why people get to feeling defeated and lost and, and hopeless. And, and I love the fact that you said we were broke, but I had hope. That's uh, two really, really um, interesting things to put together because oftentimes people without uh, the resources, uh, it makes it easier to lose hope. So let, let's go backwards just a little bit because I think we skipped past it. Um, when was your son actually diagnosed then? Okay, so I went about two and a half years Try, uh, wondering what was going on with my son after his regression. So at about three and a half, after I'd already been to the pediatrician, you know, asking her questions, I had Noah went to two different preschools, both in which had said, we cannot care for your child. He's got special needs. And also Harbor Regional Center, who lost our paperwork and brushed us aside. So all these things were happening, and at about three and a half, um, I always say, you know, God, God has sent me some pretty amazing angels. So for two weeks, we had a woman working our front desk. So I walked in one day, and my husband's like, oh, I hired a new front desk lady. And I introduced myself, and we were chatting, and her son had autism. And he went to the local preschool called Launch Preschool in Torrance. 
And she said, well, your son's over the age of three. Now you can have him evaluated at the preschool. So why don't you call for an evaluation at the preschool? Now, at this point, I swear I was at my wit's end and she was just an angel. She had talked me through the whole process. She had asked me certain questions. Some of it, I might've been in denial and, but others, um, I was like, it was hitting me hard and a lot of it was starting to make sense. So I called launch preschool. I, they set up a phone interview. Once I had that phone interview, she said, you know what? You need more than a speech evaluation. You need a full evaluation for your child. And I said, okay. So they sent me a lot of forms, but they also sent forms for his preschool teacher, who was pretty amazing. And she filled them out a lot more honestly than, than I did. Cause I was like, oh, well he could do that. But she did not. She was very honest and straightforward. And I'm truly grateful for, for her service at that time and being so diligent. And she even wrote a letter to launch preschool explaining her experience with Noah. And from there, we had our evaluation. Now, this was a, an amazing evaluation. It was about three hours long. There was a child psychologist, a speech pathologist, a special education teacher, occupational therapist, and physical therapist. So all the therapists took Noah in a separate room and worked on evaluating his skills, his motor skills, his speech, everything, while we sat with the child psychologist and answered a, a whole load of questions. And then once they were finished, afterwards, they met for about 20 to 30 minutes and they came back in and a school district cannot legally diagnose a child with autism. So they used the words autistic like. So she came in and she said, you know, I'm very sorry to say, but we do find that Noah is autistic like, and, but we're going to give him his services and he can start school here. And they were just nothing short of amazing. And even when I got home, the child psychologist called me and she's like, do you have any questions? She's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. If you, if you have any questions or if there's anything that I can do for you, they, they were, they were a godsend. And so was, her name was Catherine, uh, who worked for us for only two weeks. And then she's like, I'm sorry, but, um, my son needs me and I thought I could work full time, but I can't. And to me, I, I thought it was just God sending me an angel because she literally came into my life for two weeks. And apparently our sons went to the same preschool, but I never saw her again. And that, that, that was a little odd, but, but it's not. I, I truly believe that whenever you're at your your wits end and you ask God for help, um, he will send you those angels. So from there, I had gone back to the office. That's when I saw Dr. Burka in the hallway. And I changed my course of action from feeling sorry for myself to, okay, time to get to work because somebody just said my kid could function normally. And so I, 
I became the biggest research junkie for months. And he also assisted me in the process of finding, back then they called them Dan doctors. Uh, they followed a Defeat Autism Now protocol. Today, they call them MAPS doctors, Medical Association for Pediatric Special Needs. So I highly recommend that if the parents out there are looking for a doctor that will treat those underlying conditions that a lot of kids with autism have, uh, to find a good MAPS doctor or to, to get a recommendation from another parent. So is, is there a, uh, some sort of a place online that people can look to find doctors that do that? Yes. So MAPS has a website. You'd have to just Google MAPS doctors, M-A-P-S doctors. I can't remember the website, but they, they give a whole list and they go through a very similar training as Dan doctors do. So unfortunately during this time we were broke as broke can be. And I'm like, wow, I can't afford these visits. So, so many of the Dan doctors that I had called were charging insane amounts of money. And so I leaned on my naturopathic doctor again. He took a good majority of his day calling every Dan doctor in LA County, because we were in Redondo Beach at the time. And in asking them all the, the questions that I would have never known to ask, you know, what kind of tests are you running? What, what labs do you use? I mean, he did his due diligence. And for that, I am eternally grateful to him. So from there, he found us uh, Dr. West out of LA, and she was anything short of amazing. She allowed us to make payments. She billed our insurance. And from there, we just did what we had to do. We just got to work. I sold whatever I could sell in my house. I put it on eBay. I literally, if I could pick it up and I could sell it, I sold it. Um, for his hyperbaric oxygen therapy, I actually bartered for those treatments. I did their marketing for them. And when I first met them, I'm like, listen, I'll do your marketing. I'll work your front desk. I will clean your toilets. If you please just give me an opportunity to get the service for my son. So hmm. he got his HBOT and I worked my weekends doing marketing for um, the hyperbaric place. And a lot of people asked me in regards to stem cell therapy. Now it's a lot of money. Absolutely. You got to pay for travel. I had to, we had to go to the Ukraine and okay, who can afford that? But no matter what, there wasn't anything that was going to stand in my way or my husband's way of, of providing that. So we short sale our house and we pulled whatever money we could uh, from the short sale and was able to pay for the trip. And so I literally got rid of everything. I unloaded, but I'm not attached to stuff in any way. So um, my son's health was, was the most important thing and getting him whatever treatments I possibly could at the right age. So the younger they are, the better opportunity for healing because the brains are still developing when they're younger. So if you get rid of these you know, neurotoxins the best that you can and, and heal the body. 
a lot of these things come back. Now, when I say healing my son with autism, it doesn't mean I cured him of his autism. That That's not what I talk about. There are a lot of underlying conditions that led to my son losing his speech, losing his motor skills, losing some cognitive abilities. And because I addressed those underlying conditions, I was able to heal his body as to where he could talk again. He could walk and jump and play again. Literally after his stem cell therapy, within 30 days, my kid went from not being able to hang on to a monkey bar or balance on a half moon ball or swing on a swing or climb a rock wall to going back and forth on a monkey bar, doing all those other things. And then we went to the Renaissance Fair when we got home and my son looked at me and he's like, mom, I want to go on the rock wall. I'm like, okay. And it was huge. It wasn't one of the little rock balls. It was massive. And he flew up it. I literally fell to my knees and started to cry. It, it was amazing the motor skills that he gained from, from getting that stem cell therapy. But every little thing. But if you just go back to the basics, real food, that is what healed my child the most. That is where I got speech. And that is where I got some more eye contact out of them was just eliminating, you know, your gluten, your dairy, your soy, a lot of refined sugars and carbs. Um, he was full of yeast because he had been on antibiotics from ear infections for so long and so many doses of antibiotics. So obviously his body was full of yeast. And then I also had to take into consideration that I passed on my toxic load to my son because I've been way over vaccinated being in the military. And then I was very programmed that, that vaccines were good. And what we don't understand is I'm not anti-vax. I'm pro-health very much. And I'm all about herd immunity. So I think the most important thing that God gave us is herd immunity. And, you know, you remember back in the times when the kid next door had the chicken pox and our parents would be like, hey, go play with the kid next door so you can get your chicken pox, get it over with. And even way, way back in the day, um, people used to expose themselves to viruses to become immune to it. Yeah, a little different than how things were handled the last couple of years, right? Right. So yeah. now herd immunity is kind of going away. Yeah, we, we live in, in a time of uh, an unprecedented time when it comes to that stuff because we're hiding now from things and trying to program our bodies to defeat these things as opposed to allowing nature to take its course. It's a very, very different uh, world that we live in and that our children and, and grandchildren live in. So let me let me ask this then. So once you had determined that, A, yes, he had autism, um, B, there were things that you could do, and, and you said something interesting that I want to touch on really quick. You said back then you could Google all this stuff and you could get tons of information. What did that mean? So Is that stuff not available today? It's not. It's not. Unfortunately, if you type in healing autism ever since the COVID pandemic started, 
you will get, get your COVID vaccine. Everything is buried. Even when I did research for my book, I had to back, because I am not a doctor, I had to back everything up with research. Even doctors have to back everything up with research. So finding those studies took me months to accomplish. And back then I could just Google that stuff and I could find all different alternative treatments and therapies and so much out there. Was there some pushback on it? Uh, Yeah, there was, you know, you, you had one side, let's say hyperbaric oxygen therapy. If one little thing went wrong, you know, they're going to expose it for that because it's, it's a more natural form of healing, but it was me. It was doing great things for kids with autism. Now, fortunately enough, um, my son had tubes in his ears, so he was able to do hyperbarics. A lot of these kids can't clear their ears in a pressurized chamber. So I do, I do say proceed with caution that your, your child has to be able to clear their ears. If not, they could blow an eardrum. So that is, that is the most important thing. And if they do have tubes, they don't have to worry about it at all. So Noah had tubes from all his ear infections and he was able to go in a chamber and it, you know, he never had to worry about clearing his ears. But all these, yeah, so all these things made a huge difference. And once I tried one thing, diet, and I reached a plateau, I'd try something new and then I'd reach a plateau. And then I just keep going at it because it's a never ending thing. And what a lot of parents don't realize is there are a lot of underlying conditions. So let's, let's take Tourette's and tics and autism in any behavioral disorder. A lot of times these kids have what's called pandas and it's pediatric autoimmune neuropsychotropic disorder associated with strep. So we all have certain levels of strep in our body. If they, if they reach high levels, what it can do is it can cause inflammation in the body and major inflammation on the the brain and regression. So these doctors are trained to test for pandas. Now, if you go to your basic pediatrician or Western medicine doctor, and it's not their fault, they're just not educated in it, that they don't know, they don't even know what pandas is. So it's, it's a different world and it's a different study. So that's why I always say, if you can find a good MAPS doctor or somebody who specializes, specializes in treating kids with autism, then you're going to, they're going to have a better understanding of what to test for in regards to underlying conditions. Now, did I ever get rid of my son's autism? Autism will always be a part of my son and it'll always be a part of our lives. And I, I love that about him. He's, he's very kind. He's very loving. He's a special human being, but he's functioning. He can speak, he can drive, he can, you know, do everything that a normal functioning 17 year old teenager can do. And I don't think that that would have been possible if I didn't 
do these alternative treatments and do this intervention, that he would be a lot lower functioning than he is today. All right. So let me ask you another question. And so in your book, of course, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. I need to get myself one of those fancy author copies with your autograph. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen the book yet. And so I don't know exactly you know, how you've laid it out, what the content looks like. Is it essentially a, a roadmap of how you did it and, and all of the different things that you tried, what worked, what didn't, that kind of thing? Or how did you lay this out? That's a great question. So I laid my book out in a way so that if I went back, I, I needed to know what is it that parents need when they first find out that their child has autism. One is hope and inspiration. The first book I ever picked up was Louder Than Words by Johnny McCarthy. And just knowing that I wasn't alone in the world and she inspired me to head in a certain direction of healing. And I was, I was truly grateful for that. Um, and also healing and preventing autism. There was a lot of books back then that I picked up and I read that led me in that perfect direction, but they gave me hope. And I also needed parents to know that if you lose everything, that you can still accomplish what it is that you need to accomplish by healing your child. Don't allow money to ever stand in the way. In part two of my book, I talk about what do you do if you think your kid could have autism? It took me two and a half years trying to figure out what was wrong with my child. If I can give that information to a parent, I so I rolled it up in part two of all the questions that you may be asking yourself. Where, where can you turn to? What organizations what nonprofits are the good ones? What are the ones to stay away from? And what books to read? Ooh, I love, I love that because there are so many, I think in every possible, uh, let's say disease, uh, nonprofit area, whether it's cancer or, or a specific type of cancer or autism or arthritis or any of these things, there are certainly pros and cons in terms of these organizations and how they're spending their money or rather your money if you're the one donating. Um, so that's, I think that in and of itself is a great resource. I mean, Children's Health Defense is doing some amazing things. They give great information on their site. TACA gives great information on their site. There, there are a lot of different organizations and sites out there that, that, will give parents the resources. And today, which I didn't have back then, they have a lot of grant programs for parents. Those who do want to do functional medicine, they have grant programs for their first doctor visit. And you can also do fundraisers now. We didn't have GoFundMe and all those different, you know, platforms where you could raise money back then. I had to just sell everything and you know, lean on family and it, it, it was a lot different, but yeah, it's a different world for sure. Uh, can we do this after we're done uh, doing this interview? If you don't mind staying with me for a few minutes, I'd like to get some links to some of these uh, groups that have been helpful for you. Certainly CHD, I just barely had uh, Mary Holland from CHD on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but some of these uh, I'm familiar with, uh, maybe many of them, some I'm sure I'm not. And I anticipate that a lot of people listening haven't heard of any of these places or, or most of them. So if you don't mind helping me out with that, we'll 
we'll add those to the description of the podcast to give parents uh, some some you know ready-made places to go if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Great, great. We'll do that then at the end. And and then for you listening, that'll be in the show description. Wherever you're listening to this, we'll have links to all these places so that you can uh, dig in a little bit deeper as well as a link to uh, how to get a hold of uh, of the book. So, okay, sorry. Wanted to interrupt you there, but I think that's really valuable. I, I want this interview as much as possible to be, you know, some sort of a starting place for parents that are in the position that you found yourself in years ago. So, and. That's my goal. So part three is all about healing autism. Uh, we talk about different healing modalities that I personally used for Noah that I knew were, that made a difference. Now, do all these kids respond well to what they call biomedical intervention? No, um, not all of them, you know, have the response that Noah did get his speech back. Some of them stay non-speaking. But there are other forms of therapy and treatments for those as well. So J.B. Hanley wrote a book called Underestimated. And he wrote that with his son, who, whom he, him and his wife started Generation Rescue back in the day. And they used to have what you call rescue angels. And he wrote a, wrote a story with his son because his son is still non-speaking and they used what they call S2C, speak to communicate. And it, it was the type of therapy and treatment, which I actually didn't know a whole lot about. So um, JB uh, also kindly wrote that portion in my book because he's the expert on it. But he wrote an amazing book with his son about, you know, their journey and using S2C and him being able to communicate and write a book with his dad. How, how cool is that? But Emily, yeah, very, very cool. And I, I just jotted that note down, too. I want to put as many of these little links and, uh, and all this information in here as we can. And then... I also talk, so I do have a vaccine chapter in my book, in the healing part, but I don't get into the controversy of vaccines. I get into the facts. I state the facts as they are and let parents decide for themselves from there. And I just give them a little bit of history on vaccines. Um, I talk about the Vaccine Act of 1986 I talk about the VAERS system and how that works. Um, and I go into talking a little bit about Dr. Andrew Wakefield. And Dr. Wakefield was kind enough to write my foreword for my book. And he is like the pioneer in the autism world. Now he's, people, people say that he was the one who started the anti-vax movement, which was very incorrect. He was the first one to say, uh, he recommended that the MMR be spread out and not given all at once when he and 12 other doctors uh, wrote and published a study in the Lancet, which was since then removed uh, in regards to gastrointestinal issues in kids with autism. And a lot of parents were complaining that after their child received the MMR vaccine, they would regress into a state of autism. So we're not all crazy, but he stood up for us and he was the one doctor who, who didn't bow down to 
um, big pharma and he stood up and they opened up Pandora's box and he ended up losing his medical license because of it. He was one of the most well-known gastroenterologists in all of England um, back in the day in the 80s and 90s and he risked it all and now he he has a lot of documentaries out there like Vax 1 and 2 and uh, he works very well, very close with Del Big Tree and um, Polly Tommy, and in, in regards to getting the word out there and the conspiracy behind a lot of it. But he's also, you know, working on a motion picture right now, which you know should be out next year. It's very exciting. Yeah, and a little sneak peek, uh, Dr. Wakefield has agreed to come on Vitality Radio in the near future, so hopefully we'll have him in the next month or so as well. Very excited to uh, finally meet him because I have yet to have that opportunity. So so the book then really does lay out uh, somewhat like a roadmap. You, you discuss diet. You dis- discuss supplementation. I do. Uh, you discuss therapies uh, yes. like the stem cell and the HBOT and things like that. Okay. I think that's really valuable. And, and really, as you said, well, well, let me come back to something that popped into my head five, ten minutes ago when you were speaking, um, but I didn't want to interrupt. What I've seen, and, and I have not had to be a parent sitting down researching my child's condition when it comes to autism, right? I've certainly done my share of researching uh, conditions for, you know, you know, my kids and other people's kids who've come to me and things like that. But I haven't been in the position that you were in. But what I have noticed, certainly, and you're right, I think it really escalated dramatically during uh, the pandemic years, is that finding that information on really alternatives for almost anything is substantially more difficult than it once was. Uh, It used to be we had this, you know, worldwide web of all this information and it was just there and you could go out there and you could find it. There's far more censorship and redirecting and things like that going on now. Um, what I'm curious about is what would you say, and, and maybe it is just these links that we're talking about in the book, but uh, where would you recommend parents start getting educated on this and, and how do they go about doing that? Because I think what will happen, correct me if I'm wrong, is if they go to their pediatrician, their pediatrician is going to say, uh, it, it, once the diagnosis has been made, you know, your son has autism, your daughter, whatever it is, they're going to say, well, there's really not much we can do about that. Uh, it's more about support at this point than it is about a cure or reversing any of these um, uh, conditions or symptoms that they're experiencing. Is, is that generally what will happen when parents go to their doctor about this kind of thing? So I can't speak generally. I can speak for myself that I was told that my son would never fully function again, that I had to accept it and I had to move on. And, you know, when I went back to my pediatrician after I did find out that my son had autism, um, she unknowingly wrote in his medical records on two different occasions that she recommended him be evaluated for autism. Now, if you go back and remember what I was talking to you about, she said that there was absolutely no way he could have autism. So 
she doctored his records, I guess you can say. And we had a nice long, not so civil conversation on the phone in regards to her tactics and covering her, covering herself up on um, not doing her due diligence as a doctor. And I wasn't the first person who had experienced that from her because it's, it's a small autism world. And when you live in a community and you're going to different, you know, coffee talks and, and conferences and all that stuff, you meet other parents who experience the same thing from the same doctor. And that's very unfortunate. But the main thing is, is to begin with finding the right doctor. If, if I tell any of my clients who come to me for nutritional advice, my main thing is I don't know how to treat you or where to begin on an integrative you know, standpoint until I know what's going on underneath. And so I send them to a functional medicine doctor. And you got to find out what those underlying conditions are. And if you don't have the funding for it, apply for grants, do fundraisers, pick stuff up and sell it. I, you know, I don't know, but they will do a battery of tests that are out of outside the realm of modern Western medicine. And it's, it's not because, you know, Western medicine doesn't always mean to do so. It's just that they're not educated in, in this field. And as I've talked to many doctors about how I wrote a book, um, they're like, you know, I've had to learn my own specialty in my own field. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's, there's so much out there and just didn't have the opportunity to, um, to learn those things. So to really find those underlying conditions, find the right doctor. If the doctor does not feel right. So God gave us, especially us women, us moms, motherly intuition. And I'll tell you, it's been right every time for me. And to me, that's, that's God's voice just speaking to me. So I trust it. And finding the right doctor is the most important thing. Somebody you feel comfortable with, somebody that is going to take great care of your child. And it may not always be the one that's covered by insurance, unfortunately. And that's the sad part of all of this is we pay crazy amounts for insurance, but yet I have to pay out of pocket for my son to get the best medical care. So Finding those underlying conditions, key. That's how my, then you're given a roadmap. You're like, okay, well, your son is deficient in this. He's, he's got heavy metals in his body. He's, um, he's full of yeast. Uh, we have to do a major yeast cleanse. So it's not just a matter of gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, you know, we have to remove sugars as well. And it's, it's a huge process, but if you're, if you're going down this road blindly, then it just makes it a little bit tougher. Can you do all these things and be successful without having tests run? You can, um, but it, it makes a huge difference. And then from there, hopefully that doctor will lay out that roadmap for the parents and 
in regards to what to do, but you also have to do your own research. Today, you have to read books. So it's very important. Um, if you wanna know about the link between autism and vaccines, read How to End the Autism Epidemic by J.B. Hanley. He literally laid it out in very clear words and backed it up with science on the link between the two. So I don't, I didn't have to go into the link between, you know, autism and vaccines. And um, you can have a genetic predisposition for anything. It's going to be an environmental factor that trigger it. And I have a lot of parents who challenge me on this. You know, could it be you, what's floating around in the air, your chemtrails, what's in our food? Absolutely. It could be all of it. But I clearly watched my son regress severely after his one-year vaccines. So I was very clear about what the environmental factor was in our case. And could have food and everything else contributed? Yes, it, it, it all contributes to our toxic overload. We're all toxic, unfortunately. Um, whether we've been vaccinated, not vaccinated, it, it's, it's just the way things are right now. Putting a cell phone to your ear is not, not very healthy. And then from there, really just digging deep in us parents, unfortunately, we have to get a PhD in research. So I, I've spent 13 years and I still research different ways of healing my child because does he still have some autoimmunity some issues you know underlying issues that come up with his uh, weak immune system yes so i always have to you know make sure that he goes in for his annual visits sometimes he goes in twice twice a year you know to have tests run um i just took him yesterday and he's like yeah it's been a little while since i've gone and he's He's such a good kid. Like he'll go, he'll go get his immune boosting IVs and he just sticks his arm out there and he's like, go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm truly blessed that he really took this on. Now, does he think his mother is a total conspiracy theorist and his father too? Yes, he does. He's a teenager and he, he does go to public school, although um, I do really like the school that he goes to, but, and, and I've done everything to protect him, um, you know, by putting stuff in his IEP, he's not allowed to watch news in classes. He's not allowed to be taught critical race theory, none of that stuff. So I'm blessed that I have an IEP for my child. And I'm like, during that annual meeting, I'm, I make sure that I include all my concerns in what they are to do and what they are not to do. And you have to stand your ground as a parent, because if not, they will walk all over you and they will do what they see fit for your child. No, that is not how it works. But fortunately, since we've moved to San Diego, we've just had um, a better, we're in a better school district. We actually moved for my son because um, he was going through a lot of stuff being in Torrance School District and a lot of you know, abuse from AIDS. And it, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. But as a parent, 
we're going to go through our stuff. This is, this is my life's journey. I, I don't have any regrets whatsoever. I don't believe that life is supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to learn and grow from everything that happens to us because there are no accidents. You know, God gave Noah me, to me for a reason. And I really, you know, I feel as though he gave me my purpose in life because at times as a mom, I'm like, well, I just, I, I, you know, I feel like I don't have a purpose. And now I do, because after wanting to write a book for so many years about my story, it just became the perfect time and my perfect calling when they decided to fast track a COVID vaccine. And the numbers are insane. Um, not just children dying, uh, spontaneous abortions and, you know, people just dropping dead and it, this it, people have to wake up. And if I have to be that voice, then I get to be that voice. Now I, I come from a very loving standpoint and it really is just for the genuine concern of all mankind, not just children, but all mankind. And I, you know, I don't do this for me. I don't do this for anybody specific, but anyone who will listen to a mother's story and so many parents can relate, but you, you know, it's, things are getting bad because we, we currently have on our vaccine schedule over 72 childhood vaccines. And then now they want to add a COVID vaccine to it. And it's, it's never going to end because autism now is one in 30. And uh, experts are saying in the next decade, it is going to be one in two. So 50% of the childhood population will be diagnosed with autism in the next decade is what they're saying. And this is definitely an epidemic. And, you know, somebody has, people have to step out, not just me. I'm asking other parents, you have a story, tell it. You know, there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many, you know, I've been on news stations. I, whatever you could do and say to be a voice in the community, I wholeheartedly, you know, encourage you to do so. Yeah. Well, you've said a, a lot of really, really big things that are really important right there. And, and if it's okay with you, I want to reiterate a couple of things that I feel like people really need to, to hear. And I'm so grateful that you said it. The, you know, very, very early on in this conversation, one of the first things I asked was, was your kind of mom radar going off when the pediatrician essentially denied that there was any kind of a problem? And I think that, I, well, I don't think, I see it all the time, and I talk about it a lot on Vitality Radio. It is really, really critical that um, mothers and fathers and individuals, if we're talking about our own health and not one of our children's health, are listening to their own inner guidance on what they should or should not be doing to their body, putting into their body, and all of these types of things. And unfortunately, we have, I think we live in a society in America where we are all too willing to just hand over our health care needs to the person in the white coat and say, you take care of this for me. But I know, Tracy, from talking to you for the last almost hour now, 
that you weren't willing to just do that. You did say, hey, I found some experts that were able to help me, right? I found functional medicine doctors that were able to help me. I found treatments that were able to help me with what I was trying to accomplish with my son. But you took it upon yourself to figure out what needed to be done and where to find those experts, where to find that information. You had to be the one getting the, you know, at-home PhD in how to take care of my son with autism. And for you listening to this podcast right now, it behooves you and me and Tracy and everyone else that to do that same thing. We have a thing that we need to take care of when it comes to our health. It is our responsibility to find the answers for that question because we can't, the time has passed for us to just rely on the doctor to take care of our needs. No matter who that doctor is, whether he's a functional medicine doctor or she's a regular pediatrician or whatever, it we have to do the research and we have to listen to our inner guidance on what we should or should not do next. So I think that that is absolutely huge and it's absolutely paramount. And I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's a big, 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 big deal. And then also you've said a couple of things that are really fascinating to me that I want to, I guess, just kind of commend you as a, as a fan of what you're doing here. Um, you mentioned two things that I thought were such lemonade out of lemons kind of scenarios that you were uh, up against. You said, yeah, well, thankfully, my son had tubes in his ears because of all the ear infections, because that allowed him to have HBOT treatments, right? Right. Well, no parent wants their kids to have multiple ear infections to the point of surgery to put tubes in their ears. But you were able to put a positive spin on that and say, well, at least because of that, we were able to do the um, hyperbaric treatment, right? And then also, well, my son had an IEP because he has special needs, and thank God he had an IEP because then I was able to lay out for the school exactly what could and could not happen. And no parent, I think, out there listening is saying, well, yeah, I hope my kid has an IEP because he has special needs, right? So I commend you so much for being able to look at these things that happened that were big, challenging things and say, well we can actually make something positive out of that thing. And you can, you can always look at the glass half full or half empty. Um, I look at everything that I've been through as an absolute blessing because look how many parents, I've been mentoring parents for about 12 years now through different organizations. And however it is that, that I've been able to assist them in healing their child, um, I've already made a difference without my book even being out to the public yet. So the main thing is, is to really just have faith. You know, the Bible says, if you have faith, you know, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And I so believe that. Because if I didn't, I, I believe that first thing first, you have to believe that your child could heal. When my naturopath told me that my son could live a normal life, there was nobody who could tell me differently. So moving forward, I was focused on healing. I was not focused on, you know, do traditional therapies work as well? Yes, they have shown great success. And 
I unfortunately was not given those therapies through the Harvard Regional Center, so I had to go read the books on them. You know, ABA therapy, I had to learn it myself. I went to the classes, I read the books, and I became self-taught to do it at home, to be that proactive parent. And that's what, that's what we get to do. And if I could say that I was ever so proud of myself and the actions that I took and how I, over, I mean, during this time, I could have felt sorry for myself because we had just lost everything. We had lost our home. We were faced with many different challenges. I have a chapter in my book that says, when it rains, it pours. And I promise you, when it rains, it pours. You know, I had two surgeries in that same year. Um, my husband's ex-wife was taking us back to court for more money. I mean, I could tell you the whole laundry list, but I had one focus and that was healing. And because of that, my son is fully functional today. Is autism still a part of his life? Absolutely. It will always be a part of his life. And I will, I will never deny that. Well, it's it's a really powerful story, and it's a story of hope. And I, I, there are so many ways that you and I align. And and as someone who you know I've just met, um, it's it's really just awesome to hear what you've said today because I almost feel like I'm talking to myself in some ways. Uh, which the, the, one of the biggest things that you just said that I think need also needs to be reiterated a little bit, uh, just to make sure that nobody glosses over it is that you, how do I word this? When people come to me and they have uh, an ailment, I don't really care what it is. If it's a mental health thing like bipolar or OCD or, you know, chronic anxiety or something like that, or maybe it's an autoimmune disease. In medicine today in America, we are given uh, diagnoses, and that diagnosis comes with what feels often like a bit of a prison sentence a attached to it. Um, you know, you're going to have this thing and we can help you manage your symptoms, but we really can't fix it. And we aren't even going to talk about fixing it. That's not even in the discussion in most modern medicine settings. The, the, there isn't an answer for this problem. There are only answers for the symptoms to this problem. You, and, and I don't know exactly how this all happened. I have a feeling that because of the type of person that you uh, appear to be, um, that you just weren't really the kind of person that likes to take no for an answer. But what I believe has to happen is we all have to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to take that diagnosis and the prison sentence that comes with it, that life sentence that says, I'm always going to be this way. I'm not going to accept that because I believe that my body can heal. I believe that my body can get better than it currently is. I believe that if I take the toxicity out and I put the nutrition in, that I can be healthier than I am currently. Now, you are also saying something that I think is super valuable in that your son is going to have aspects of autism in his life, probably till the day he dies. Right. And that can be said about autoimmune disease in a lot of cases. It can be said about mental health uh, issues in a lot of cases where there are these tendencies that we have. Maybe there is some damage that can't be undone completely, that these things will be part of us. But to ex just blanket accept a diagnosis along with a we can't do anything about it except for manage your symptoms, 
please, if you're listening to this and you have something like that in your life, don't accept that answer. Stand up and say no and recognize that there are always options to heal. There are always ways to get better than you currently are. There are things that can be done, and hope is one of the biggest keys. And I hope that listening to this podcast with this amazing mother and now author, uh, Tracy, will, if it does anything for you, it gives you hope that there is an answer. There are things that can be done. You can do so much more than what you have probably been told that you can do if you're simply willing to look and uncover the answers for yourself. So thank you, Tracy, so much. Um, A couple of things before I let you go. One, let's just reiterate how people can get a hold of your book now and how they can get a hold of it in the future. Okay, so currently you can get a signed author copy and I send out a free gift with that through warriormom.org. And it'll go directly to my site from my Pure Health site, which is my business, uh, where you can order the book and I will send you a free gift. And it takes about a week or so to get it in. And I will give you a signed copy. Uh, January 17th, my ebook will be released. And for one month, it will be 99 cents. Now, the whole point is that you purchase the ebook and you actually download it. <laughs> so a lot of people will purchase ebooks and they won't download them. But if you purchase it and you download it, then I get credit towards the bestseller list. And if you leave a review, that's even better for me. Um, so unfortunately, you have to sell a lot of copies in just a short week's time, but Um, if this would give me the opportunity, it's not about being a bestseller. It's about being able to speak to parents and to be able to get out there with a bestselling book. I will be able to do that. I don't have those letters after my name. Um, I'm not a physician. I don't have a PhD or a doctorate. I did study alternative medicine and I've gone above and beyond, you know, past that, but the opportunity to have my book as a bestseller would give me that opportunity to to speak to so many different parents and on so many different platforms. And then April 4th, uh, my book will be public. It will be in any bookstore, online, in stores, wherever books are sold for the most part. Um, my publisher said, I think it's like, he said 93% of the bookstores across the U S so, and the great thing is, is April is autism awareness month. So that's my way of celebrating autism awareness month. And it's just a perfect month for my book release. But if you or a family member deserve to have this right now, I can send an author copy through my website and I mail those out personally. And uh, we can get that in your hands like right away for sure. Awesome. And uh, you can also do what I plan to do. Go ahead and uh, get your author copy and then uh, pony up the 99 cents uh, to help uh, get the word out uh, later and download that. And uh, who knows, send, uh, download it for a friend, send it to a friend, uh, give them as gifts. 99 cent gifts are, are uh, hard to come by uh, that have a lot of value in them. And this one has a ton of value, uh, clearly. Uh, so that's how we do the book. If someone wants to be in touch with you for your services, uh, give us that website. Okay, so that's purehealth.com, but it's P-U-R health.com. You can also reach me at Tracy at purehealth.com. 
and I'm happy to get back to you as soon as I can with any questions that you may have and and assist you in any way possible. I mean, that's that's my goal is to really just heal people and assist people. They can also reach me on Facebook Messenger. I I have to be honest with you, I'm probably the only Tracy Slepsevic out there on social media. Um, so you should be able to find me easily. And uh, you can send me a message that way as well. I also accept friend requests as long as there's no controversy or or anything behind it. If you're going to be nice to me, then <laughs> I'll accept it. Yeah, that's pretty much how I do it on my socials as well. So, and and then, you know, here you are listening. We'll wrap this up. You're listening to a guy with no uh, letters behind his name. You're listening to a woman with no letters behind her name. But I will say that the most important letters I can think of that you could possibly have behind your name are M-O-M or D-A-D. And uh, those letters matter because with that certification as a mother or father, you immediately get some unique insight and inspiration into how take how to best take care of your children listen to that insight gather that information and do the best that you possibly can with it uh, much like what tracy has done for her son here uh over the last 16 years i guess since that uh, one year um event happened tracy you are an inspiration to me uh you're an inspiration i'm sure to many many others there are people in your very same shoes that are really struggling with this i so hope that this message whether it be through my podcast your book a speech that you're giving somewhere gets to them so that they can find the hope that you had and find the answers that you found. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your information and your story with us today on Vitality Radio. And thank you, Jared, for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so that is going to do it for us today. And uh, I hope it was as useful for you as it was for me. You know, I am in a uniquely blessed position to get to talk to amazing people on a regular basis about these types of topics and then bring that information to you. Uh, If this was helpful to you, please uh, share it. Get, especially if you know parents that are struggling with autism, specifically with their kids, share this podcast, get this information out to them, uh, buy them a 99 cent copy of that book in a a couple of months, Uh, whatever it is, let's get the word out and get the hope out as much as we can. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.